Geekish Cast is a member of the Astro Panda Productions Network. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and there is a young lady I met uh, recently at Tracy Comic Con who was going to do a panel about um, creating characters for comics, and the timing didn't work out, so I asked her to be on the show, and her name is Melissa McCommon, and she also, you can find her on the web under Art by Melissa M. How you doing, Melissa? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm fair. I'm fair. So, yeah, it's not a bad point to start from. Mm-hmm. Then for- join the rainy weather me too are you a rainy weather person oh yes yeah my wife and i lived in santa cruz for 10 years so i've always liked it gloomy and wet yep just uh yeah it's like a baptism every time you walk outside yeah that's one of my i just rain it feels amazing yeah i am a big fan i know a lot of people get all gloomed out by it but not me matter of fact i hate the heat i i perk up when there's rain yeah i'm I'm the overly happy one in the rainstorm, and everybody else is just like, chill. You No. You know, the way I figured, as long as you got a, a reasonable jacket and the power doesn't go out, what you know, how bad can it be? Yeah, I live the hoodie life, so yeah. I always have a hoodie on, even in, like, 90-degree weather, which oh, also um, concerns people. <laughs> yeah, see, I can't do that. I get grumpy at 74 degrees now. <laughs> I mean, like, right at. As soon as it hits, like, 74, I'm all, like, cranky and irritated. Like a Who two- turned the heat up? This yeah, is exactly. So living in Central California the whole summer is just miserable for me and everybody within ten feet of me. I can imagine. Yeah. So how? Uh, let's let's start here. I've I've been look, checking out some of your artwork on DeviantArt and stuff. So let's um ask you real quick. You have a comic out called Epic Chaos. Where can people find that at? I do. You can find it on epicchaoswebcomic.com. Although I am. I've been working on new pages for it for about a year. So starting in January, I'm going to be posting up all new artwork. So oh, nice. You can check that out then. The old pages I'm going to keep on DeviantArt. So if anybody wants to see my terrible old artwork and storytelling, they can see the pages on my DeviantArt. Well, and I think, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that's that's pretty good because anything that you do now that you love in a year, you're going to think it sucks anyways. Yeah, I've yeah. redone this comic so many times it's not even funny. But this time I'm the I'm completely done redoing it because the whole reason I even redid it to begin with for the like sixth time was because I'm gonna be kickstarting for volume one. So I wanted the artwork and the story to match up with what I have planned in the future. And the old artwork was it it's better than the first incarnation, but this the new artwork it's it's really good, and there's just better pacing story-wise. So I just wanted to get all that done for Volume 1 so I wouldn't have a volume where I'd look at and just be like, you know what, I could have, I had the chance to do better. I shouldn't, I should have taken it. So you're kind of like doing the George Lucas special edition version. <laughs> a little bit, but yeah. it's, not as, it's not as painful. Gotcha. A little less CGI, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got an art style that is somewhere between American cartooning and um, manga or anime style. What What would you consider to be some of your bigger influences? Um, I've all I started off reading comic books. My the I actually taught myself to read from comic books. Nice. I, could, I couldn't understand chapter books, but when I went to the library and 
I found the comic book section, I could, I, f- I could understand the pictures, and then it slowly read or went to me being able to understand the words and reading based on the situations in the books. So I started, I started off with American comics, and the only reason I even found out about anime and manga was because I started drawing, and I, I drew characters with big heads and big eyes because I didn't know what anatomy was at the time. And I had friends that would tell me, oh, you draw anime and manga? Well, what's that? It sounds amazing. And yeah. it's been downhill ever since. I wouldn't call it downhill. I mean, <laughs> your your art definitely has its own look, but you can see that it has a an Eastern influence to a lot of it. But I'd say even then, it still does have an American cartoon feel to it as well. Mm-hmm. So, do you remember what comics it was that you first found as a kid that got you hooked? Yes, I do. It was Ultimate X-Men Volume 7 Blockbuster. Oh, wow. You you remember the book, too. I have it. So, <laughs> I I started uh, collecting Ultimate X-Men. Un- unfortunately, uh, I it's uh, not my favorite X-Men series, but it's what started it, and my love for X-Men and Wolverine is bomb, so... <laughs> yeah. So what's your favorite X-Men story then? Oh, jeez. Um I really like the Weapon X program. The okay. I I don't know specifically um what uh volume or arc that was in cuz I got like one of the special edition books that came out like, yeah. way afterwards so it's not original but it's like the it's the original story it's just put into a, to a different book. So um I really liked that that um specific series so you're definitely a wolverine girl yeah i've i've toned down the fangirling a bit as a as i've gotten older but i i i loved x-men when i was really little x-men and teenage mutant ninja turtles (laughs) oh yeah well you know i remember I'm, i'm quite a bit older than you i remember when i first saw a mutant ninja turtles comic a buddy of mine in the sixth grade had uh issue two of the old black and white it was brand new at the time (laughs) <laughs> and brought it to school, and we were just like, holy cow, what is this? And a few years later, the cartoon comes out, and we're all like, yeah, they've ruined it. They've made it for yeah. children. Yeah. But that's just showing my age. I got into it because of the um, the 2003 uh, cartoon series. I really liked that series, and then I found out later on that it actually followed the comic books a lot better than the 80s series. Although, my, my boyfriend really likes the new cartoon. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't watch it. I can't stand it. Is that the real but, angular uh, computer animated looking one? Yes, that's what that's what I don't like about no. it. Is it, it's I'm a huge 2D fan. I love uh, the older Disney cartoons where it's just it's proper animation. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, 3D kind of it's kind of off putting to me. So just watching that show, I I can't even focus on the story or anything because it's the animation bothers me so much. No, and, I, I understand that. So let me ask you this. When did you first decide to try to tackle uh, uh, sequential art as a storytelling method? And were you were you a writer when you were? I mean, was there a point where you were writing and you decided that you could draw it? Or kind of give me the idea of how you ended up trying to create stories for a comic medium. Elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the time that I started reading comic books, um I would always doodle. I've always been a doodler. It always got me in trouble on my homework because, well, I would do more doodling than the actual homework. So, um. Sounds like an artist. I knew that I could, yeah. 
So I I liked I liked drawing and I really liked comic books. So I, I kind of put two and two together and figured out, you know what, I can do this. And then uh, just started working at it from there. Uh, expanded my knowledge of comics by venturing out from just American and uh, went on to uh, manga. I found out about web comics and web comics like blew my mind because you can post it on the internet for free and people can follow a page a week. I like that. I understand that completely. So just to give you a, a real quick backstory, this podcast came about because my wife got sick of hearing me talk about the new Star uh, Star Wars movie last year. <laughs> so the first month, two months, I had a filthy mouth. It was just me and my friends, like, you know, saying ridiculous things. Because I'm thinking, well, nobody's ever going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And then people started listening to it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, <laughs> I guess I got to clean up my act a little bit now. So, yeah. I understand completely the whole thing where you're just like, I can put this up and people can actually find me. And that's yeah. kind of amazing. Um, I'm looking at your artwork. Do you do your own coloring as well? Yes. I, pretty much everything I do myself. Uh, the only thing that I really don't do is print the books because mm-hmm. I don't have a printer for that. But if I did, I would do that too. Yeah, it'd be hard to fit that in your garage, huh? Yeah. it's our The garage is already taken up by a, a four four color process screen printing press that we don't even use. So, Oh, wow. I, yeah. My, my dad always instilled into mine and my siblings heads when we were younger. If you can do it yourself, do it. You kind of that old punk rock, uh, DIY ethos. Yeah. My, my family's very big in, um, do it yourself projects. Yeah. No, that's, um, well, you know, here's the thing. So if you ever like have a plumbing problem, you'll figure out how to fix it instead of waiting for somebody else to do it. Yep. That's, that's kind of cool. Not a lot of people are like that these days. Yeah, YouTube is our friend, because yeah, yeah, if yeah. we don't know how to do it, YouTube will have the answers. Or you'll electrocute yourself in the process. Yeah, one of the but two. It's all learning. Exactly. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about, uh, did you go to school for art? Um, what was your background like? Um, well, I'm mostly self-taught because mm-hmm. of the wonders of the internet and tutorials, but um, I did go to school. I went to um, Solano Community College, and I finally graduated this year, so I got my certificate. But from talking with uh, friends who have been in the industry for years, and they've got books published all around the world, um, they've all told me that you really don't need a college degree for artwork, which you don't, because none of the jobs that I've ever gotten have been from uh, asking, oh, what are your college? What's your college degree? Can you provide references? They just care that I can draw and meet deadlines. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing, and I'll ask you your opinion because of your age too. I think the college degree might be come passe, except in the most high end business world and academic areas, because you have things like Udemy where you can get a certificate online on how to do just about any process you might want to learn. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that's what you've found in artwork. They really don't care that you went to school or not. As long as you can draw, it looks good, and you can get the work done on time. Yep. Do you think most of your friends are finding that as well? I mean, as a younger person, I'd have to say that if if I were you, I would not want to go to college because I don't want a $100,000 debt hanging on me when I get my first $12 an hour job. Mm-hmm. And well, especially when you're doing artwork. Yeah, Uh 
me and my me and my uh, friends I went to school with, we all had the we all had the uh, saying of, uh, you have broke artists and you have broke college students. We're screwed. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Um, you know, and I've got friends of mine who are doctorate candidates and things like that who still work as like baristas. You know, and yeah. now now we're talking about people who've been going to school for twenty twenty five years, probably two hundred thousand dollars in debt. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine going to school for that long. I was going bonkers after four years. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a notoriously bad student, so I understand. Like, you give me a topic I'm interested in, I'll, I'll read all about it. But I'll be, oh, self, yeah. I'll be self-directed, but yeah. That's why I do panels cause I, at conventions, because I can talk about comics and stuff for hours. Yeah. that's um, So what's a favorite topic of yours to talk about? Uh, comics. And art supplies. And I'm art. a big art supply buff. Well, let me ask you this then. So how do you, let's, let's talk about your artistic process. Now you've got a comic you want to get out. When you do your web comic, do you release a page at a time or how do you do that? I release a page a week because mm-hmm. I, I can, I can get a page a week done with my work schedule and everything. Okay. So, so uh, you, tell I try me. to have a buffer. Gotcha. So how do you start? I mean, do you have, when you, do you write a full script? Kind of give me an idea of like, you've got, you know, your story, you got your direction, you're headed. Do you have it all planned out? Do you do thumbnails and then kind of let the story roll out on a week by week basis? Can, give me an idea about your process. So my new process that I've been doing, which is technically the correct way you're supposed to be doing it, cause it'll save you a headache is, um, I have my full script. It's the entire chapter out and then I will do my thumbnails. I've gotten a lot better about doing thumbnails because before I always thought, oh, I don't need thumbnails. I can just do the sketch. I know exactly what I want. And then I have to redo a bunch of pages. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I go from thumbnails to uh, fixed up thumbnails. I at that point, I'll kind of just I'll step away from the project for a couple of days and then come back to it so I can come back from with a different frame of mind. That, that'll be kind of my last ditch effort to fix anything before I go into the sketching, inking, and coloring. Okay. Now, are you, do you do everything, uh, on paper or do you do part paper, part computer? Uh, my webcomic is completely digital. Okay. Uh, the only thing that I really do traditional is the thumbnails, but that doesn't really, um, get scanned in or worked with. That's just a reference for you. Yes. Okay. What software do you use? I use Paint Tool Sci for the artwork, and then I use a um, an older version of Photoshop. It's it's not even the full Photoshop. It's photo. It's um Elements Eleven. So it's it's a picture editing Photoshop. And I got the only reason I have it is because I uh, it came free with my tablet. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like something you'd get with you know like a lens or something. Yeah. Yeah. It works. It does what I need it to. I only use it for um, effects and word balloons, which does all that. So it does its purpose or does what I need it to do. Well, yeah. And I'm sure by this point, you've got your workflow down, too. Oh, yeah. Um, So now when you're doing it, I mean... Do you buy your fonts? I mean, how, how do, how DIY do you get? Do you make your own fonts even, or do you do your lettering on, I mean, you know, give me an idea about that too. Titles, I, fonts, that sort of thing. I collect fonts. So, um, a thousand and one, uh, fonts.com, I think it's what it's called. Um, I've been using them for a while. I've, 
I find some fonts that I like, I'll save them, I'll load them in. Um, I also found a website, I can probably pull up the link later, where you can make your own font and you print out or you can put it into your computer a file and then you do your lettering and then you put it back into the website and it'll give you the font file so that you can have your own custom made font. So I made one out of my handwriting and I'll use that for like letters and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, it was, and I, I found it completely by chance while I was taking a lettering class. So I found that and I showed the, I showed, uh, my instructor and, um, unfortunately she decided to add it as a second, as a, another project to our semester workload. So <laughs> I had fun with it, but some of my classmates were probably cursing my name. Yeah, throwing stuff in your hair when you weren't looking. Yeah. How dare you give us more work? <laughs> That's too funny. Um, I've noticed a lot of people I've talked to who self-publish comics that, um, or, you know, have done a small comic. A few of them got their book together, got it done and sent it out. And then the, the notice they got back was, you know, your lettering needs work. Mm-hmm. And then they'd send it out to, you know, they'd hire a letterer to actually go in and letter the book. And the next thing they know, it's bought. You know, as soon as they send it back like that, it's done. Yeah. And for a lot of us, um, you sound like you have a pretty strong design background. I have a degree in uh, illustration and graphic design. Yeah. So I had, I had to learn both of them, even though my main focus was in illustration. Yep. But most of us, I think, uh, who are readers of comics or fans of comics, we don't even consider how much effort goes into that panel, including the the words. I've got mad respect for letterers. I I can't do it. <laughs> my handwriting sucks. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's just most of us, we don't even think about it, and it's actually integral to a cohesive page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, kind of like how people joke about inkers, but, you know, without an inker or without a letterer, your page is going to look like shit. So, you know, you guys need to show them a little more love. <laughs> I, my, that's... I'm glad you brought up the inking thing because I that just made me remember the the first the opening to Chasing Amy. <laughs> yeah, that's that that will always stand with me. It, it cracks me up to this day. <laughs> You're a tracer. Yeah. Uh, Good times. I I show that clip every time I get a chance to. Whenever anybody brings up inking and starts calling it tracing, yeah. <laughs> don't be this guy. That's yeah, that's ridiculous. Because I've seen, well, here's the thing. A good anchor can save a shitty penciler. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure they do it more often than you realize. And a bad oh, anchor, yeah. and a bad anchor can sink a great penciler. Yeah, the collaboration, it's, it's all, uh, yeah, it's all relevant. Absolutely. So you've been working on, well, you know what, let's do this real quick. Give us the rundown. What's Epic Chaos about? Epic Chaos is about a nursing student who draws a picture of her friend for her friend, and the picture ends up coming to life. And they kind of find out later, oh, um, this is bad news, because the picture was sent to kill us, so that's not cool. That is not cool. That's a little rough right there. Yeah. And... I'll leave it at that so that there's no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a new page of that available every week, right? Yes. But you are going to print hopefully this next year with it. Yes, if the Kickstarter gods see it so. <laughs> now, let me ask you about that real quick because I don't want to be a downer. I never try to be. But have you noticed there's a certain amount of Kickstarter fatigue kind of setting in with the artistic community? 
not not that I've noticed personally, but I've also backed 14 Kickstarters this year, so. Yeah, and see, I'm. I, um, I kind of love Kickstarter. Okay, I mean, I've done a few small projects here and there, but I've also seen ones where nothing ever comes out of them, or what comes out of them isn't quite what you're expected. That's you know, with comics, it's a little different. That's a little. Mm-hmm. Comic books are a little more manageable. In a way, kind of. But like movies, I don't know if you're aware of like the Star Trek fan film that ended up getting sued because it raised like $1.5 million. No, I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's been, you know, for Star Trek fans, this has been a really ugly, divisive thing, too, where like you actually have fans fighting over this whole project, too. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty nasty. Um, (laughs) I try not to talk about it because I don't want to draw any more attention to it, but I did do... (laughs) Two really critical episodes about it in the past. Um, but yes, I've seen it with some things like video game. I think video games and movies are the ones where it would definitely wear in more than a comic book, though. Yeah, I mostly stick to print media, like the like comic books or books and games. Yeah. Well, but also when you by the time you get to it, you'll have a finished product. You're not telling people to back you so you can get your product put together, right? Yeah, pretty much. I uh, Kickstarter for me, uh, for why I want to do one, is because books are expensive to get printed. Yes, they like, are. Really, like really expensive. And I, I could, I could probably afford a small run, but the the per book price would be ridiculous. Nobody, I don't think anybody would want to pay forty five to sixty dollars for a full co- for a, a full color two hundred page comic book. I wouldn't. You know, some people, I think you might be surprised. Some people might. Because um, there's a couple guys, like, right here in the uh, Modesto area. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in particular, I'm thinking of Valente Ochoa, who self-publishes a book, but he literally does it on a print, print-on-demand print basis. So his, like, 24-page books are 8 bucks, uh-huh. But he's still selling them. And, you know, at first I heard that, and I was like, wow, that's kind of high. But you know what? You go to the conventions... It's nothing to blow 25 bucks for an 11 by 17 print. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, so you got a 200-page full-color book for 45 I bet you more people would look at that than you think. Uh, I don't know. It's still, it's still a big jump, a little scary to think about. Yeah. Also, I'd want to get books. Uh, I would want to be getting some of the books in uh, bookstores, like Barnes & Noble, maybe local ones, and... I'd have to be. Con- I'm competing with Marvel and DC, and their their book about that size are about thirty bucks. So that's kind of where uh, I'm gonna try to aim for the price to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know, and I'm I'm going back redoing Teen, the new Teen Titans from 1980. Uh huh. And their collected editions are. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you get 150 pages for like fourteen dollars. <laughs> Which is that's pretty aggressively yeah. priced. Uh, so you ever run into a situation where you just feel like you bit off more than you can chew trying to do this? Uh, yeah, the the first time I tried to do a Kickstarter, <laughs> I didn't. I I knew it was going to be a lot of work, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't realize that it was going to be way more work than anybody had prepared me for. And I tried to do it all by myself. This time it's going to be. Um, I've kind of got a little Kickstarter team going, so they're helping me make sure that uh, I stay on top of everything, and they're helping me with um, get starting to get promo ready and everything. Yeah, because, well, there's a lot more involved in getting the word out about a project than I think most of us ever think about, too. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. So when you go out to market your product, I mean, what are some of the avenues you've used? Mostly social media. Um, I found out through that a lot of my uh, the hits that I was getting on my first campaign was um, it was from Facebook. Uh, people sharing and all sorts of stuff. And uh, uh, Twitter, I didn't get that much, but uh, I have a very, very small Twitter following. I still have no idea how to use Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, Twitter's something I'm just really learning how to use now. And, um, you know, I come at it from a slightly different point of view because, like, everybody I know on Twitter is a podcaster. Uh-huh. Those guys, the ones that are really blowing up big, man, they work Twitter like it's an eight-hour-a-day job. Yeah, that, I, yeah. I don't have the I don't have the patience for that. Yeah, I don't have the patience or the temperament, man. I mean, a butterfly will fly by and I'm wandering off, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of ADHD like that. Um, but that's what I've noticed. Like social media, you really have to put in the time. I mean, it's nice because it's free, quote unquote, to get the word out that way. Mm-hmm. But it's time intensive. It's labor intensive. Yeah, because the uh, I went to a couple seminars, and one of the things they talked about with social media, especially when you're doing a campaign that you want to get a lot of, um, you want to have a lot of exposure, you have to be updating a lot mm-hmm. because of the um, the some of the social media algorithms. It'll make it to where Facebook's guilty of this, where their algorithm will make it to where some people won't even see your post. So um, you have to post it multiple times for that slight chance that it ends up on somebody's uh, timeline that didn't see it the first 20 times you posted it. Right. And that's somebody who follows you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It may not even go to their page. Um, But George Takai's latest picture of a kitten fighting a balloon will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the likes and all the shares. Yep. check Check out my series. Cricket, cricket. Yeah. Here, here's something I put my entire heart and time into, but no, nobody's looking. Not even my mom saw it. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. You ever spend money on your Facebook posts to try to get to get them seen? I tried once, and it the results were not what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, uh, I had it. I had it set to the demographics that. Um, my uh my google analytics told me so it's uh people between the ages of 16 and 24 mostly female in the north america area so i put the settings in for that and i was getting likes but i wasn't getting shares or people actually clicking on the links and the majority of the likes i was getting from were from mexico well that's weird yeah i was like what i what about the what about the? I have a little fan base in Canada. Where, yeah. Where, why is that showing up? Or, or America? But nope, ton of likes from Mexico. That is weird. So I might, I might try again some other time. But it, the, the results that I had the first time I did it were a little more skewed than I thought that they would be. Okay. Yeah, because I, I'll do it. I might I'll do it here and there, but I'll only go like five or ten bucks, or what? What's the minimum? Like seven and a half bucks or something. Yeah, I went like five dollars. <laughs> yeah, and I'll throw it on like there's a Canadian TV show that my wife and I love that we do a podcast uh, commentary track for. Uh huh. And so I'll throw it on that, you know. But I I've developed a small audience in Canada because of that. But you know it's, that's the one I've thrown money into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little more focused. It's like it, the show up there was as big as Seinfeld was here. 
so it's you know it was really the show itself did the heavy lifting we didn't really do anything creative or (laughs) special to get there so you do outside of your own book you are also for hire as an illustrator and a colorist yes i've uh i've done work for um scattered comics in sacramento i did the artwork for the continuation of Caffeine Poisoned. So I did the first issue for that, and um, I've done some spot illustrations and other illustrative work for them as well. Nice. Are you at a point now where you're making a, a good share of your living doing artwork? I'm working on it. Okay. It's, it's, um, it's been getting better each year, so I've started making plans for hopefully making this a full-time career. No, that's I mean, that's excellent that you're even close enough that you can consider it, because... I know some guys that have been doing this forever, and they still consider comics to be their most expensive hobby. It is a very expensive hobby. It really is. <laughs> but it's i mean, it's fantastic that as young as you are, you're at a point where you can actually kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel coming. A little bit. I've got to, I've just, it's a lot of, well, for me, it's a lot of planning right now, because I'm trying to uh, talk with friends who have been doing this for much longer than I have and get their opinions and uh, map things out so that I can financially, uh, I can financially be set and not have to worry about, am I going to be able to afford this bill or whatever? Yeah, no, I get that. I really uh, completely understand that. I was never cut out for a uh, freelance lifestyle because I have to have a regular income where I can go, look, I know I need a thousand dollars every month for my car payments and insurance, period, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. If I didn't have a kind of job where I knew exactly what was coming, I'd be chewing my fingernails down every month. <laughs> I mean, even more so than I already do. <laughs> <laughs> so any, you, got, uh, you got your book. You're getting ready to launch that next year, to, or at least your Kickstarter. Anything else you're working on you want to let people know about? Um, there's a There's a freelance project that I'm working on, but I won't be able to give any more information about that until... Um, it's officially announced, but uh, follow me online. It'll be posted up. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, let's get this out. We'll do it again real quick uh, before we wrap up the end, but where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me at Art my, by Melissa M, and you can just put that into pretty much any social media thing, and I'll most likely pop up. And it'll usually be your uh, one of your little uh, character drawings that comes up with it, right? Yep. Yeah, so as long as you find something that looks uh, cartoony with that name, you you know you probably found her. Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, so let me ask you, a question I keep rolling around in my head is that the economy appears to be improving, and the fact that there's like a convention every other weekend or every weekend now, and people are going to them, kind of bears that out. Do you think that you kind of lucked out that you're... You're doing this in a period where things are swinging back up and comic art is selling again. Has that? Oh yeah, definitely. And have have you seen like a year over year growth because of that as well? Yeah, I mean every year it's getting. There's more conventions for me to go to to sell my wares. There's more people actually interested in comics as a reading medium versus just oh only kids read this or this is this is for people who don't have jobs or live in their parents' basement. No, more and more people are starting to see comics as a legitimate form of reading and entertainment, which is awesome. And then people are becoming fans of them and then going to these events and getting to 
meet and mingle, and it's nothing short of amazing. Yeah, I agree with you there, because I was never really a con-attending guy besides, like, when my kids were young in the early 2000s, I'd take them to WonderCon. Oh, uh, that was my first convention yeah. when I was in San Francisco. Yes. Come back, WonderCon. I miss you. I, I know. Well, th- did you go to Stockton Con this year? Not this year, but I um I used to sell it every single year, but I kind of took this year off from conventions to uh just kind of focus on artwork. Well, you know, you got to do that sometimes. Yeah, but I miss conventions terribly. I can't wait to start them again next year. Yeah, well, I went to Stockton Con this year. Um, you know, just as a just as a person walking in with a ticket. Uh huh. And it remind. I mean, it's not quite as big as WonderCon was, but I can see it getting there. Oh yes, yeah. And it's it's exploded. Its first year, they got so many more people than they were expecting, and it's just nothing short of amazing. Also, the guy Mike who runs the show is just awesome. He'll yeah. walk through the artist alley, and stop by each individual table, and say hi and check in on everybody, which is so cool. I've never been to a convention that treats their um, their vendors as well as like their attendees and everything. So it's it's awesome. I, if you get a chance to go to Stockton Con, if you're listening, do it. It's a really good show. Well, yeah, and I'll, I'll agree there because I went. I was actually not going to go, and then it turned out a couple um, uh, comic creators that I had interviewed were going to be there, and I wanted to meet them. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a shout out to uh, Bigfoot, sort of the Earth Man, and, uh, and that was by Josh Henneman and the original by Greg. Um, oh, I'm forgetting Greg's last name right now. Sorry, Greg. I'll get it right later though. <laughs> um, but you know, went to meet them because I wanted to meet them and I was just blown away by, I, cause I wasn't expecting it to be as big as it was. And it was, oh, two, yeah. yeah, it was two full floors in the arena. It's outgrowing the arena. Yeah. It, it's, it's looked like the last time I was there that they might need to go to a convention center at some point. Yeah. It was, it was stuffed. I mean, it was just packed to the gills there. I was really impressed. So I'm, I got my fingers crossed. I'm really pulling for those guys to really, keep with that and deliver something huge going forward. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. Um, yeah. And you know, there's just, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous because the way we have a tendency to do overkill as human beings, but when there's like, th- there's like three conventions in Modesto this year. Oh, geez. And there's- I'm just thinking, man, how, that's a lot of weight to carry around. I don't know how, you know, how, how long can we keep doing that? Mm hmm. So, you know, but that's the the eternal pessimist in me. <laughs> All right, Melissa, we are just about out of time. Why don't you throw us your web addresses and everything again? All right, you can find me at Art by Melissa M on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, DeviantArt. I'm probably forgetting something else there. You can check out my webcomic at uh, epicchaoswebcomic.com. And follow me for fun stuff. I also have a Patreon, so if you feel like throwing some money my way, you get to see exclusive artwork that I don't post online. I just posted up something today of, of some uh, stickers that I'm going to get made next year. And yeah, also under, <laughs> uh, that's also under Art by Melissa M. Yep. Fantastic. All right. Well, guys, thank you for listening to Geekish Cast. You can find us at geekishcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. We've got some hosting changes coming up pretty soon, but um, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's going to probably cause a few weeks where I have spotty updates again. Uh, in the meantime, I tweet at 
I tweet from at the Geekish Cast. I'm on Instagram, but I don't use it, but also at the Geekish Cast. And uh, right now, the band Reign of Zaius is going to play us out. We'll catch you guys next time. Melissa, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Geekish Cast is a Vias and Victor production and is part of the Astro Panda Productions Network. You can find us now on SoundCloud and on Blog Talk Radio. Our theme music is taken from the song Out to Get Mine by Reign of Zaius. Check them out at reignofzaius.net.